Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, February 15th, 2021. We've got a crossover with Locked On Blackhawks today, previewing the upcoming series. The Red Wings, of course, got swept their first go around with the Blackhawks in Chicago uh, about a, a little less than a month ago, but towards the end of January, I suppose. Um, so we got Jack Bushman here from Locked On Blackhawks. We just do a long conversation about everything. Uh, what's going on with the Blackhawks, whether Kevin Lankinen's uh, recent success is sustainable, and a whole lot more. But first, I got to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, enter the promo code LOCKDOWN, and you will get 20% off of your next order. I am Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. I've got longtime Red Wings fan, Kidney Stone Survivor, and the other host here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, Ethan Smith, with me in this conversation all right, with the Blackhawks' upcoming two games against the rival Detroit Red Wings, I thought now, thought now would be a good time to bring on Nolan Bianchi and Ethan Smith from Lockdown Red Wings. And uh, we got Nolan in a little bit of a predicament here, guys. Nolan, what's what's been going on with your chicken tonight? Well, I, uh, I, I had it in my mind that I wanted a Popeye sandwich. I was at uh, Yost Ice Arena covering Michigan hockey, doing a little feature story on uh, – Owen Power, Maddie Beneers, and Kevin Johnson. So, you know. Not oh, a big oh, deal. Coming. Sorry, one second. Oh. Not a big deal. Sorry, yep, one second. We have to get. We have to keep this in. We have to keep this in on the. Yeah. What's up? Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> oh, good night. We have to keep that in. It's in. Oh, yeah. All right, boys. So, so here's what happened. I've just, I've just secured the bag, uh, <laughs> as the kids are saying these days. It's been a process. But trust um, the process. Yeah, so I, basically, I was like. I was, I was covering the game, and it was cold in the rink. So I've, like, been cold for the last five hours. And then I walked outside, and I'm in a walking boot because I have a grade three ankle sprain from tripping over uh, some bleachers at a high school football game last month. <laughs> Classic. Um, so I'm just not in great, great physical shape, and my toes are exposed on account of the boot stepped outside. It's 15 degrees outside. Uh, miserable, right? But I have this, this light. Six inches of, of snow. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I have this light at the end of the tunnel that is the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I looked it up while I was at the arena. I know they're open till 11. I'm psyched. Um, and then, you know how life goes. It just it never works out the way you want it to. And uh, that's not Casting how things curveballs. went. Turns out turns out they closed at, at 8 o'clock. It was 8.30. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go to KFC because I, I can't stop thinking about a chicken sandwich now. Um, so I drive like six miles to KFC and uh, Google lied about their hours too. So they were, they were closed as well. Then I drove 12 more miles out of my way to go where, to another KFC in where Saline, Michigan. In Saline, Michigan. Never heard of it? Me either. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, but I've, after an hour of driving around, I have just acquired uh, a chicken sandwich and it smells amazing. I'm, I'm like super stoked. 
overdue. I'm very, I'm well very overdue. Happy to be thank you, thank you. It's it's a story of perseverance, much like the the 2021 Detroit Red Wings. Am I right, folks? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good place uh, to start off. Since these two teams last met, kind of been a tough stretch for Detroit. Um, what's kind of been what's been going on, boys? What's what's been the problem with uh, the old Red Wings? No, you want to take well, for starters, they haven't. Yeah, I, I mean, we can both take a little bit. I'm sure we both have a laundry list of things. Uh, for starters, taking an old seatbelt here, going to get comfortable. Um, they they have not scored on the power play in about six years, so that's that's kind of uh, a problem to start. I believe I saw a stat today, and I was actually doing some digging online the other day, and they're like. So that, that two-game series against you guys, like, that started a whole downward spiral. Like, they were two and two. They were looking good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they just spiraled from there, lost, like, nine in a row. The power play is absolutely garbage. I believe I, I saw that it was 0-19 in one-goal games this season. Wow. Uh, so, and, and that's really been the whole story because, like, quite honestly, as bad as the record is, I don't think it reflects how this team has played over these last couple of weeks. And they haven't really, you know, they haven't looked like world beaters or anything like that. But uh, I think that that special teams is poorly reflecting uh, on their record, which I mean, when you're tanking, you're going for that top gas ball. It's not the end of the world, but uh, Ethan, yeah. what else you got? Right. Okay. Nolan, I also want to preface this with the fact that there's a winter weather advisory report out right now and that we're, no we're, we're, we're supposed to get a, a solid one to two inches tonight and it's going to start right now. So I just want you to drive home safe after this podcast. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. And also so good, to know, good to know that I'm waiting, waiting then in that, in yeah. that case. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. The, we've also had a couple, couple guys out for COVID. Uh, a couple Feel top that. six guys, Fabry Zadina did, definitely didn't help us when you got to put Phil or Franz Nielsen in the top six or whoever you want to. A couple good prospects coming up. Uh, Giovanni Smith has played, played great for us, but I mean, you know, it's as Nolan unwraps chicken sandwich. I, it's 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 been a it's been a good a nice little foray into you know a couple of prospects that can play good for us. But quite frankly, when that prospect is going to get 12 minutes compared to Franz Nielsen's 16. It's been rough, but like Nolan said, when you're, when you're going for that Owen power type player, I mean, that's what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. Like you mentioned, there haven't really been a lot of those games. Those two games against Chicago, they only have, they were both multi-goal losses and then they only have two of the rest of the way. You mentioned them against Dallas and against Tampa. And those were two games on the road where you're just like, I'm pretty sure it was the first game of the series, first game of a road trip. And you're just like, all right, Jesus, like, take it easy. And, and so like, that was just kind of, uh, hey, that, hey, that's kind of how it's felt. Stop it, he's already here. dead. <laughs> no joke, no joke. <laughs> that is uh, astute. Yeah. I, was, I, I wouldn't even not. Oh, sorry, God. Oh, no, you're, you're good. I was just going to say, bringing up the special teams, I mean, the power play gets a lot of the bad talk, but the penalty kill, yeah, they're bottom five in the league as well. And when you don't get good special teams play, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to stay in games because you miss out on opportunities that other teams give you and you let teams cash in on theirs. And when you let teams capitalize on their mistakes, odds are they're going to win the game. What have, uh, what have been your guys' thoughts on the Central Division so far? Uh, you know, about what we thought it was going to be, 
quite frankly. Well, in my opinion, kind of what I thought it would be. Uh, I knew we would be at the bottom. I knew I knew it wasn't going to be fun. Um, it's, I mean, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Right, we knew that. Detroit is Detroit. Florida, I, like, though. I mean, I mean, Florida had a bunch of weak teams. And the, the fact that we were able to give them their first regulation loss of the season almost 10 games in, fair enough. Oh, it's a nice little feather in the cap. Yeah, but they smushed Tampa last week uh, in their first matchup of the season. And they actually – I mean, like, they were they were in the playoffs last year, right? Were They, were they, they, they were the 10 seed. They were the 10 seed. They were a 10 seed. seed. Okay. Florida's always, like, right there. And uh, they have they have a lot of a lot of good players on that team. The Red Wings have played them – feels like almost uh, after next week they will have played the Florida six times so we've gotten pretty familiar with them I don't think they're like a great team by any means but if Bobrovsky can be anywhere near the goaltender that they signed him for and they're able to get scoring like they have a pretty good decor so I don't know I kind of I I don't see you know how hot they are being sustainable but I think they'll they'll definitely be in the playoffs you know I yeah, their issue is is goaltending. Um, Bobrovsky obviously has not lived up to an an ounce of that contract that they gave him. Um, it, I know that's just part of the sport and part of business of the game, but I mean, I think his I think his last name is Drieger has been their backup mm-hmm. goaltender. Yeah, and he's been he's he's been, he's been very good. solid for them. And yeah. this and he is the exact reason why. You don't give a goaltender ten million dollars over seven years when he's twenty nine to come play for you. All right, listen to this. Sergey Bobrovsky, five and one, three point three three goals against average in the eight eighty four save percentage. Holy! Jimmy yes. Howard is rolling in his career grave right now. Yep, that's gross. How do you go five and one with an eight eighty four save percentage? That's not even gross. That's fascinating. We should do a deep dive. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Huberdo and Alexander Barkov are incredible. So good. Jonathan so Huberdo is the most underrated player in the league. I'll die on that limb. Yeah, I think I think Barkov's right up there too, though. Barkov's up there too. I, I, I mean, I think Barkov's oh, kind of out of the slept on. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute, maybe, guys. Yeah, maybe out of the slept on period. But if he played for if he played for a Toronto. Yeah. He would be he would be a generational oh, yeah. type player. That's they would gas him up to be a generational type player. Even Fact. if he played in like the rain, like anywhere, any main market, even Detroit, just saying. Like that he would be a generational type player for us. For sure. He's a stud. Those two are a deadly combo. So that they, they've been interesting. I'm interested to see what's gonna happen, uh, whether or not Dallas is gonna come alive. It's kind of been through after a hot start, they've kind of been up and down, and then Columbus and the Blackhawks are right in the middle of the pack. Two teams that I didn't expect them to be there. I thought they would be towards the bottom more so, but we are only the quarter way in, so a long. Yeah, way I to sure go, as so. hell didn't expect you guys to be up there. I yeah. sure as hell didn't. This has been a crazy start for us, boys. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, okay. I'm um. Can we bring up this uh, chart that uh, we got sent the other day, Jack? Let me let me see where. Oh it is. no! Oh, don't do uh, it! Don't do it! Odds the, right now, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have a 
six they have the highest odds to miss the playoffs and not pick in the top five. So um yeah. There yeah. is that. <laughs> it definitely is a little dangerous the way we're going because it's a better start than everyone expected and we're not sure if it's sustainable or not. But at the same time, what like whether or not that costs us a lottery pick next year, obviously a lottery pick would be great. But even if we don't get it, yeah. I think – I mean, you guys have had your fair share. Exactly. And so. I, if we don't get it, I think that shows us that we're already a step further than some people were expect us to be in this rebuilding process. So, And we have a lot of young pieces that are good and could help us too. Obviously, you'd like to add to that group. But if you're winning now, I don't think you can really pass at that opportunity. Have you guys heard anything about Le- Tate? No, not a word. But it's sounding yeah, – it's, it's sounding – I don't know. Based on Stan Bowman's had an interview where he's denied all serious accusations about Taze and everything that people were saying. There was some people saying he's had MS and stuff. Um, said it wasn't anything like that, but still didn't really clarify or make any statements. Obviously, wanted to keep it confidential. Um, but there, good. Praying, it, I'm praying for that guy. I know. I am too, man. I'm hoping that this sounds like it could be nothing too serious. And also one interesting thing, I mean, the Blackhawks players, they've kind of all been saying that they can't wait to get them back. And I don't know if that's just them being hopeful or not, but when you, when they say that you're hoping it, it's sounding like it could be eventually at some point, you know, exactly. They wouldn't say that. Yeah. I, if they knew that it was a prognosis that wasn't going to be able to come back that, they wouldn't necessarily say that. So. so, yeah, obviously we still don't know fully all the details or anything, but I'm hoping I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I am too. Sound like it's going to be this year though, obviously. I have a question for you is like, not, not is the Chicago's play sustainable? Cause I think that's too vague and unanswerable of a question. When you look at Kevin Lankinen's play, like at face value, is, is that sustainable? Cause I don't watch a lot of the Blackhawks and I'm just curious, is it like one of those things where the guy is making unbelievable saves on a nightly basis or does he just look like rock solid in that? Uh, one thing I will say is that the Blackhawks, they have a lot of young, young guys on their defense right now. I mean, we got a 20, a couple 21 year olds and a lot, it's a lot of youth on the back end right now. So Lankinen's getting tested an awful lot. So uh, I think it will be hard. You know, he's been really good. And most nights he's allowed two goals or less. And just with our defense, you know, we tend to, especially late in games when it's a close game, like if another team's trailing, we're allowing that surge full on. Like we're not ready to handle that at this point. Yeah. Other, other teams yeah. can put up 17, 18 shots on goal in the third period. And when you allow yeah. that and you have a rookie and goal, yeah, those things can definitely be hard to sustain. So, I mean, I wouldn't be, surprised along the way if Lankinen has a couple hiccups where you know three or four games in a row he's allowing three or four but that also could just be a variable of our defense so I think that's where the biggest question mark with Lankinen going forward but besides that he's a super confident guy I mean after off the ice he just sounds like he's very sure of himself and confident he can make every save every night you love to hear that from your goaltender and also when when you watch him play he's very sound positionally he's always in a good spot to make a save his rebound control is usually pretty good and that's pretty much the opposite of the other two guys we got in Subban and Delia they're like reactionary guys give up a lot of rebounds whereas Lankinen's really always in a good position so I think he has all the talent to be able to keep up this run but with the Blackhawks defense in front of him I think it could be a little tough 
you know, being a, being a goaltender my entire life and uh, really paying attention to the goaltending slight, position. Slight flex, humble brag. Very slight flex. I didn't go anywhere. It's, 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 there's no flex. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what it is with, with, especially at the NHL level, you've seen it with Bennington. You've seen it with a guy like Hammond. I'm not comparing either of those guys to Lankinen, but when you get a goaltender who's had success previously in his career, like he has, and you have a goaltender who is confident. He's getting a lot of shots a game. Shots equal equal confidence. There, there is, there's, there's nothing else in this sport like having more shots on net in the NHL. If you're in a slump, nothing gives you that feeling of confidence like stopping forty shots a game, and getting your team a win. Right. That, that it's the pinnacle of being a goaltender. It's perfect. More shots, good, good saves. Like you said, no rebounds. Perfect. So when you get into that, that is what's going to really start to bring you like this guy could be the future of our team. It's not, I don't want to compare him to Crawford. I don't want to compare him to, you know, it's what Chris Bohue, I don't know, Jocelyn Tebow. <laughs> what, do, what do you want me to do? But like, it, it's a guy that- I used to go even Jocelyn Tebow all the time when we were in high school and he hated so much. There was like the biggest insult. Why would you tell <laughs> me that? And I would just be like, I don't know. You remind me of Justin Tebow. He's like, why would you say that? I'm like, I don't know. He just – he took it really personally. Sorry, sidebar, interrupted. I'm going to go back yeah, to my business. Okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Anti-Nemir, whatever. Um, it's like – but what, I'm, what I was saying is just like the ability for him to be able to get into a groove like he is now and the success that he's already had in taking over this starting role and becoming the guy for your team well, – got so much confidence in him especially like i said with him having success in his previous uh championship you know, like tournaments and right. just outside of the nhl it's phenomenal i'm i'm really looking forward to i remember when they when chicago signed him i was like this good this is someone you can take over take over for crawford and that's exactly what he's done so far this year hopefully it continues i'm totally down to see it I mean, I quite frankly, Jack, I I wish you the best of luck with him. I hope he works out for you long term. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's been a fun uh, fun little journey here since we signed Kevin Lincoln. We saw him perform really well at the World Championships a couple summers ago, leading a, a Finland team without any NHLers to a gold medal. And ever since then, there's always had a little bit of hope in the back of my mind for Kevin Lincoln, and it's awesome to see that he's been playing so well early on. Um, and and with a young goaltender, I mean. He, he's only 25 years old, really just getting started in, in terms of his career. And he's only been pro for, this is his third year pro. So this really, I'm hoping is just the beginning of something great for Chicago. Hopefully our next good goaltender, we really could use that. Right. Especially too with goaltending too. It's not necessarily how young a guy can come in. Cause it, it, you see guys like an Askarov or a Primo getting drafted and it's just like, oh, this is going to next big guy can come in at, 22 and be a difference like Vasilevsky came in at 21 it doesn't necessarily matter um players especially goaltenders peak at different ages to where they get that um maturity to not over overcommit like you saw Askarov do in the world juniors I mean the guy was a was a fish out of the net half the time he was still making saves but he looked like a fish 
he also couldn't hang on to a stick at all. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh! Right. The, the right. memes going around of the firmly grasp. <laughs> like exactly though, that is a term of maturity that comes with playing yeah. at the highest level in the NHL. Right. So when you can get something like that with a player like that who can come in, doesn't matter where they, what age they come in at. As long as you can come in and be as consistent as he is technically, like you said, Delia and Subban are very, very reactive to the situation. That's going to give you more rebounds. That's going to give you more issues with those second and third shots. But if you can get a guy like Lankinen who comes in and he's just technically sound and he's confident in what he's doing, that's where you're going to get your future NHL goaltender for hopefully another 10 years. Yeah, that's what we're hoping So, hoping for in Chicago. All right, folks, real quick, just got to jump in here to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. That's right, folks. It's the most delicious tasting protein bar on the market. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And who doesn't want that? Soon enough, the birds will be chirping, the snow will be melted, and you will be looking to go outside in a t-shirt. And uh, I don't know if you're a dude who packs on some extra pounds, but like... Once summertime rolls around, there's certain colors you can't wear. Even in the wintertime, frankly, I always avoid like white and gray sweatshirts. It's even worse in the summertime with like the white and gray t-shirts. It's just brutal. Uh, and then summer's going to be rolling around. You're going to be wanting to go to the beach, take your shirt off, things like that. Get on it right now. Make sure that your body is summertime ready and you can do that with Built Bar. Uh, the macros are absolutely on point. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. If you're looking to do a little bit of a keto diet before the summertime hits this is the bar for you they're great for the health conscious guy you can lose or maintain weight or while indulging in a delicious treat and when you go to builtbar.com right now and use our promo code locked on you'll get 20 percent off of your next order that's promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com and of course i got to talk to you guys about betonline.a it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. You like reality TV? You like award shows? You watch the Grammys, the Oscars, things like that? Bet Online even covers all of those. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. You can probably get a pop on uh, how many potholes you know, are gonna you're gonna hit on the way home on I-75 from work today. They, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. They got they got all the props. Bet online. They got you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and that is with the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. Uh, just enter that promo code. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n promo code locked on at bet online your online sportsbook experts um boys in this upcoming series what do uh what are you looking for what's what's key key things key details to pay attention to what do you think the wings kind of have to do well in order to come out with some victories everything all right i'm not going to say the power play but that is the answer and also the penalty kill. I mean, and that was what killed them the first time around, right? Like, Yeah, totally. That was when things kind of started to go downhill. I don't really anticipate this series going like it did last time just because it was, like, pretty high scoring, uh, all things considered, like that. I think 
the Red Wings have only allowed more than six goals once this season. So I don't, I don't anticipate uh, something like that happening again. Uh, but we will, we were, here's the thing. Like some guys are starting to pick it up. Some guys are like starting to, you know, put a little, little run together. Like Anthony Mantha, he got benched last week. He came back. He's looked really, really good. Uh, Robbie Fabry has scored in three of his last four games. Uh, we might get Tyler Bertuzzi back this week, I believe. So who knows? Uh, what energy that'll bring as well. But I, I think really just a continuation of what we saw from them last week, five on five, because they came away two and two. When you look at the two games they lost, and you go, oh, they allowed one goal on the power play and they didn't score any goals in the power play. So that's the game right there. Uh, I think they just need to continue to play solid defensively in front of, of uh, Grice and Bernay, whoever ends up, I mean, I'm sure they're on the split in the series, but keep being def- good defensively in front of him. And you just got to get more pucks on that. Got to get more pucks in the back of the net, obviously. This, this team has a problem scoring, no matter if it's on the power play or if it's on five on five. But they've had a good success keeping them out of the back of their net. So uh, I, I think that really will be what they continue to lean on here going forward. Unfortunately for you and us and everybody else who has to watch, it produces really, really boring hockey. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. What do you got, Ethan? Yeah, like what you said playing not to lose it's 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 you know the exact thing that we're doing right now it's not fun hockey a lot of times we don't win when we're trying not to lose but i mean it's a part of the game we're trying our best (laughs) here's the thing though i think i think like i don't think i've i've kind of changed my tune on that as the season has gone on because it has proven to be successful like last year like you i mean like how do you be a defensive team when you're allowing that many goals but uh i think we've like kind of seen that actually come to fruition and we've seen guys start to play really really well like philip ronick had kind of a rough start to the season <clears throat> he's turned it up a little bit he actually produced uh an assist last night uh troy stetcher has been really really solid john merrill has been really good so those guys i mentioned like back there on the blue line danny DeKaiser went on waivers today i guess we'll see what happens with that that's a whole nother story. Um, but I, I actually don't think there's the mindset of defense first is flawed because it has produced tangibly positive results five on five. But if you can't put the puck in the back of the net, you're not going to win games. So they got to find a way to do that in any way possible. And they, and they got to stop giving up a goal every single game on the penalty kill. Like I just, we, we do these game recaps and I go, well, guys, here's the game right here. Detroit had six more shots on that, like, and then but one last power play goal. And that that's the game. And it sucks, but it is what it is. So that is kind of <clears throat> what we are looking for. How's your guys' penalty kill, Ben? Not that it honestly matters, but just out of curiosity. Penalty kill actually has been pretty solid for the Blackhawks lately. We gave up. <laughs> we gave up. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, We gave up two goals to the Jackets the other night in the first game of the series. But before that, we had killed off 12 in a row and 22 of 23. So we actually had found our stride a little bit uh, on the penalty kill. But what killed us against the Jackets, honestly, was just taking dumb penalties. I mean, you can have a good penalty kill. Yeah. But when you take dumb penalties and give teams opportunities, they're going to convert at some point. So... For the most part, though, the yeah. Blackhawks Blackhawks PK has been been pretty good, and it also helps when your goaltender is your best penalty killer. So, what are you looking for coming into this series? Uh, I'm looking for. I'm hoping that the Blackhawks can get some help from their secondary scoring lately. It's mostly just been 
Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit. A uh, big thing is Dominic Kubelik. He has 12 points in 16 games this year. 11 of them have come on the power play. He has one five-on-five point. And the Blackhawks could really use that second wave of scoring. Him and Dylan Strome has been really slow lately. Matias Janmark, he got off to a hot start. He's been kind of bad the last couple of games. Um, so I'm hoping that the Blackhawks, you know, Patrick Kane and Alex Brinkett, the way they're playing right now, they could produce two, three goals themselves every night. If we could get our other guys doing a little bit more, we can really put our foot on the gas and, you know, kind of jump out to a bigger margin when we're getting as good of goaltending as we have as of late. So I think that's a big thing in this series. And then just keep playing well on special teams. You guys, we talked about you guys being poor on special teams, basically this whole episode. I mean, the Blackhawks have been good in that department. So I think if the Blackhawks take care of that battle, I think they should come out with a pair of victories, even though they're on the road. Are you nervous about the Kubelik 1.5 on 5? A little bit, but he's been playing with Dylan Strom a lot, and Dylan Strom doesn't really drive possession in his favor a lot. So, Wait, Are you nervous about Dylan Strom then? <laughs> oh, 100%. I'm a lot more nervous about Dylan Strom than I am Dominic Kubelik, for sure. Fair enough. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to have Nick Schmaltz back. I really would. I still think, I think he's the better player between the two. They're still young. I think that trade probably can't be judged for a couple more years, but Dylan Strom, he's, I think he's one of those guys that has to play with good guys to be good. I don't think he's going to be the playmaker yeah. that's going to drive a line or anything. He's not fast. He's never been a good skater. Uh, he's kind of a pass first guy doesn't use he's like 6263 and he doesn't really use his size all that well. He's just got a lot of things concerning about his game. Especially for a guy who went number 3 ahead of Mitch Marner by the way. Arizona really fucked that up. Yeah. Dude, Dylan's- so like well, like what what was the difference for Dylan when he came on Chicago and he was able to put up almost what well, it was almost <clears throat> a point per game? Yeah, yeah. I also I also don't think that there's anything wrong with being one of those guys, but right now Chicago doesn't have the depth to help him out with that. But it's no. not even the depth, dude. It's like this guy came onto the scene and put up almost a point per fucking game with you guys, and that's not something that you guys can. That's not something that you can just say. I had one hot year. If you have a hot year, you put up uh, point seventy thirty goals per game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Andreas Three goals, like eight, like Andreas Anthony to see you. Yeah. Exactly. So if you have something like First that, that's what you can do with. But I don't understand because I was so gassed up on him when he came to Chicago and he was putting up a point per game. I was like, finally. Because I've always thought Arizona's an, an albatross of skill, which which you see with Clayton Keller. And you, you saw with, what, Phil Kessel. Clayton and, Keller's uh, sick. Derek Stepan. But he's not playing at a point per game pace dude like that like he has the skill to be able to do that but he does not do that so i thought when he went i thought when dylan came over to chicago that he had that ability to and he did but since then he hasn't like i I don't understand is there something he's not doing that he was doing or he's not getting lucky i don't know i think um when he first came here that first year when he was traded midway through the season yeah he had 50 51 points in 57 games uh, he was also playing on the line with Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinket, and both of them were absolutely going nuts. Debrinket had 40 Fair points enough. that year. Kane okay. had 100 points. And also, okay. the Blackhawks, I, it was crazy. I, I remember in a two-month span, it was literally right when we got Strom, our power player was 26 in the league, and we had this two-month run where we were like the second-best power play in the league. And Kane, Gustafson, 
and Debrinket, Eric Gustafson, when we still had them, they were absolutely firing away on the power play. And I think Strom was a little bit of a beneficiary of that. And ever since then, we've kind of split up that trio of Kane, Strom, and Debrinket. It's never been very good defensively, and we've kind of wanted to spread out our wealth a little bit more. Um, and Strom, just ever since he hasn't been playing with Patrick Kane, I mean, it's never been the same consistent offensive numbers. So it's a, it's a huge worry, I can't lie, especially when uh, when we traded for him. He was a guy we really thought was going to be our number two center of the future, and now it's like, all right, Kirby's definitely ahead of him. Is there even room for Strom as our third line center now? Like we, we have Philip Kurashev who's looking really good. Pia Suter's looking good. It's kind of like, do we need Dylan Strom? That is quickly what happened to Michael Rasmussen. Yep. In a hurry. I still think Michael Rasmussen definitely has like a potential to come up and be an everyday NHL player, but I know exactly what you mean. Like they, when it's a top 10 pick or i don't know what strom went when did, where did strom go strom went three dude three okay yeah, dude. um yeah like it, it just you you just want to believe always that there's more there than you're seeing and and that's frustrating but that's almost like kind of an endless pursuit like i was saying like like if michael rasmussen can end up being an everyday nhl player like in any role i think like it is what it is it's not what you want out of the ninth pick but same thing with Dylan strom if you can get Taves and, and Doc back and then all of a sudden, like, your second and third lines have, you know, a little bit of skill on them, you can put him on one of those lines. He's going against less talented personnel. So I think there's a lot of things there that can be done with a guy like that, but obviously it's not an ideal situation for the third overall pick. When, it, and when you're watching Mitch Marner do what he's doing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Strom's still very young. I mean, he's 23 years old himself, so. Yeah. Don't want to jump ship on him yet. Not calling him a bust by any means. Still ways to go on his development. So. Plus, what I'm I'm curious too, like to see. I guess, and I, I don't know if there will be really any way to like gauge this or anything like that. But like, what effect the pandemic and the circumstances of the league this year are on individual players? Like, there are probably some that are handling it great. There are probably others that are just like torpedoing they're like on an eight game road trip they can't leave their hotel rooms it's just like it's it's miserable and and weird and i'm i'll be interested to see not that we really can ever tell but uh if that does happen to some guys where they slip off this year and then you know as things kind of start to progress back into some sort of normalcy um you know maybe maybe we'll see things pick back up and I don't know. It's weird. There's so many weird things happening in the NHL because of it. Like the, the salary cap doesn't even begin to, to cover those types of things. And I think we're going to, who knows what type of effects we'll see from that. I kind of got down my own little rabbit hole there, but yeah. <laughs> this year for real though, is kind of like its own asterisk in a sense where it's like, you can't really, yeah. can't really judge the statistics too much. It's a shortened year. It's a weird year. It would honestly be, I mean, kind of a shitty year to be an unrestricted free agent or something like you're not going to get paid yeah. because of the money, you know, you, your lifestyle is different than it's ever been before. And you're still being judged off your performance and expected to be a great player, you know, and the circumstances around you are changing all the time. It must be very hard. Well, plus dude, like, and obviously, you know, injuries had tend to do things like this from time to time, but like, Oh shoot, you got a four game point streak, bam, COVID list or bam even worse yet like your team's done for two weeks your team's got to take a two-week break and then you got to come out of that rhythm 
and then somehow try and find it again after you've all been quarantining for two weeks like that that's insane to me i was like when i was covering michigan hockey yesterday they uh they ended up beating wisconsin five to one it was number seven versus number eight and michigan hadn't played in three weeks and their coach even said like we kind of thought we'd be a little bit slower you know we were at the start of the game but uh you know we got it got it going again um they said he said the one thing that might help them is they got a lot of young guys who don't know what normal is so they're just like rolling with everything right and able to bounce back and so that kind of like to me was like yeah i'm sure this is having an effect on you know players who are used to the nhl lifestyle and things that are happening like you know so i don't know what a world we live in Nolan. you guys got anything else it's basically all i got uh, no i'm good i'm predicting a split honestly i uh i think the red wings are back a little bit like right when we played you guys the first time i think like five guys had gone to the covid list yeah it was bad like that week so it was like that was that was their most brutal stretch ever since they got those guys back ever since they you know kind of started getting rolling again like they haven't looked putrid so i think it's it's going to be a much better series and uh i guess it all depends on kevin lankin and special teams but i i think the red wings should uh split at the very least and i think the expectation will be a split yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in the least, especially back at uh, Little Caesars Arena. No one, you're going to be there? Yeah. The yes, I will be Little, there. Little Caesars? Uh, uh, yeah, yep, LCA. We call it LCA, so we don't have to get call it that god-awful name. <laughs> yeah, It's that, actually that not bad. I, you know what? You know what? I The C's. I want to put on the I want to put Palace. on the record. I don't really think it's that bad of a name. It's just the name that everybody didn't want. And uh, it's better than like the HP Pavilion Center. Yeah. Or what's um, the what's the Phoenix one? It's like the Gila River. Yeah, Gila River uh, Hotel Resort and Casino Arena. <laughs> yeah. Like it's bad. like the the Smoothie King Arena. Like, dude, come oh, on. Some of these King's so uh, bad. names out here are so bad. And no matter what the reputation of Little Caesars is, like Little Caesars is as Detroit as it gets. So like, who cares? It's like it's no different to me than Ford Field. It's just a $5 pizza instead of a $20,000 car. <laughs> right. I heard, I've heard good things about uh, LCA. My, I, one of my good buddies went to Michigan State, and he went to a couple games there. Uh, I heard there was a problem first year uh, with the seats. You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys had to, like, change colors. Yeah, the red seat. seats. Because it made it look so well, yeah, empty. Because nobody's going to the games. Because it made it look so <laughs> empty. Well, it was more for the Pistons because, like, with the Red Wings, it was fine. Like, it didn't uh, – like, yeah, it was, like, pretty glaring on nights that they weren't selling out. But, like, they – the crowds were okay, I want to say, their first year there. They weren't great by any means. But, like, the Pistons were not drawing anything. And that was, like, their first, like, really bad year in a minute. Um, like, the three years before that, they, it looked like they were kind of building towards something. It just – it fell apart. And they couldn't get anybody out there. And they were like, it doesn't make sense to have these for the Pistons. So they would like switch them over. They're like the Pistons aren't red. It's like, first off, yes, they are. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they ended up they ended up taking off the seat covers and just changing all of the seats back to black, which uh, I, I really hope gets changed back because it looks like such a daunting environment with those red seats. And like, I just picture playoffs, towels waving, like. Come on, right. dude, get out of here. That, that it, 
it really is a world class uh, arena. It really right. is, and in, in every way, I've yeah. covered it as like media, as a fan, like. Before we before we wrap this up, like going back to like the horrible names, like of Gila River Arena and stuff like that. Like I thought, like you know, Canadian Tire Center isn't great, but for <laughs> the entirety of my life since it's been this name, and I thought it was like the the Florida Panthers Arena is the B B and T. Yeah. Center. It's yeah. It's, it's the B B and T Center, and I've always thought it was just B B C. But it's not. <laughs> no. But it's not. And I just found that out about a week ago. So the more you know. It's it's literally behind a Walmart. It is too. Their their arena. My buddies yeah. have been there too. They went to a pan they were down in Florida for spring break and they went to a Panthers Bruins game randomly. <laughs> No, yeah, I think it was two dollar beer night. It was two dollar beer night at a Florida Panthers NHL game. Sounds like it's a minor league baseball game. No shit, (laughs) I love it. I I do love that. All right, boys. Yeah, we'll we'll host you up here, Jack. One one of these days when the world goes back to normal, you come up to Detroit for a week and we'll we'll go. Dude, I would I would absolutely love to. And I got but I got a bunch of buddies. uh, As I said, my my buddy went to Michigan State. He's got a bunch of buddies up there. I don't know if you boys golf at all, but they go on golfing trips and stuff. I know Michigan has a bunch of golf courses and shit. So, dude, I suck at golf. I don't golf well. Yeah. <laughs> if I suck at golf, but if 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 that's what it takes to get you up to Michigan, I'll gladly. Hell yeah, absolutely. It, it, absolutely it doesn't have Jack. to be golf or bu- it doesn't have to be golf or bust. I'd love to come up, but uh, it, it would be fun, boys. But yeah, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Um, real quick before we wrap up. For Blackhawks fans out there interested in Red Wings coverage for the series and beyond, where can they find the pod at? Well, they can find uh, the pod anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you're listening to this right now, just type in Lockdown Red Wings wherever you're listening to in the search function. Uh, We're on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. I'm at Nolan Bianchi. And I think that's it. Well, Ethan's. But outside (laughs) of that. What about mine? I meant like like Ethan's. Ethan's will wrap us up. Yeah, well, I didn't want to just take it from you. Ethan Sniff. <laughs> words. So. Love it. Love it. Well, Classic. thanks, boys. It's been a lot of fun. We'll definitely do another one when uh, these teams, they still got six more games to play this year. So thank God. Good stuff. So we'll be back tomorrow with a game recap of game one against Chicago. And then uh, not sure what we have planned for Wednesday yet, but it's looking like we'll be able to kind of, you know, go with the flow this week. Everything will be good and on time. Uh, so we will have all that ready for you uh in the meantime thank you guys so much for listening absolutely press that subscribe button so you can hear tomorrow's recap the second that it goes up uh other than that i got nothing else for you danny de kaiser went on waivers but you'll know uh what happened with him by the time that you listen to this uh i'm assuming he won't get picked up but i guess we'll see so uh see you back back here tomorrow same time same place it's your team every day Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.